0: Welcome back to Dating After Death, a podcast dedicated to the journey of finding love again after losing your forever person. And I'm your not-so-anonymous host. A couple times in the life of the podcast, I have spoken to people I know in real life, and today is one of those circumstances. I sat down, still virtually, with A woman who I knew from my early teaching career, she was the principal at the school where I was first hired as a teacher, so she really gave me my first chance in a really big opportunity. And while I knew she had lost her husband, that concept of widowhood was very lost on me as a 25-year-old. I will talk in this episode about some misconceptions that I had about her, about her marriage, because of the way she carried love for her late husband and still talked about him and honored him. And now I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. So today I'm talking with Susan. She is about 26 years out from the death of her first husband. And this is a very interesting perspective. I personally love hearing stuff like this. I wanna know what the journey is like. And I also know it's not the same for everybody. (laughs) And knowing someone else's experience doesn't necessarily tell us anything about our own, but I think there's hopefulness in this, and I love hearing her thoughts looking back on the last 25 years of her life. So here's my conversation with my former boss and principal, Susan.
1: Hi. Hey, it's so good to see you. Good to see hear you, too. Well, who would have thought when I first met you that we oh would be God. talking about something so... Connected to our lives, you know, like, no, no. And I'm sorry that I'm talking to you about this. I know. I know. God.
0: So just a little background for the listeners. Susan and I met... When we were working together at a school, she was at the principal at the school, and I was just out of college, starting my career as a teacher there. And um, I knew you were a widow, but I just, like, it didn't really register with me as a 25-year-old kid, the impact of that. Mm -hmm. How many years out since this Oh,
1: it's been 26 years. Yeah. So this is a perspective we haven't had on the show yet. I wondered about that. I wondered if I was, or like, if I was the, like the oldest person you've had on your show <laughs> and, you know, having so many years in right. on this journey. Yeah.
0: We have had one woman who was 13 years out. Okay. The situations are different. So I think this will be really interesting. So I really just like to start with having you tell us first about Chip and your marriage and maybe
1: how he passed, if you're comfortable, and then sure. can go on from there. We were married for nine years a million years ago, and it's funny because I had dated a guy all throughout high school and college, and we broke up. And I'm like, "Oh great, where am I going to find my husband now?" Because this was back in the '90s, right? Yeah. And um, and I'm like, "Where? I'm going to be a teacher. There's no men in schools. Right? There's <laughs> just no true. men." That's... And lo and behold, I, my I was student teaching at a school in Texas, and I saw him. I was like, "Oh." That guy's cute, and I oh, thought he was it was teaching? a t- he was student teaching as well. Oh, so we met student teaching at this junior high, we started our career there, and I couldn't yeah. believe he was a student teacher. And I was like, Oh, he's pretty cool. And I just yeah. broke up with this guy that I went through high school and college with, and like, Oh, that might, he might be fine. And yeah. so, our supervising teachers kind of coordinated a get together for us, and literally, it was just like boom, I was just astounded that. This kind of love and this kind of connection could exist because I'd never had that before in my mm-hmm. life. So we met, we courted for a short time and got married within a year and wow. we're together and we were connected on so many different ways. He was an extraordinary educator and well beyond his years. It just was natural to him and we were great partners. What I was most astounded by was how our love over the years just grew and grew It didn't like diminish and flatline and we got into our routines. It just got better and better. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we were only married for nine years. That's still a significant amount of time. Yeah. Chip was really just like a dream come true. I didn't think men Mm -hmm. like him existed. My parents weren't particularly loving or overt with that. And so I never really had an example. And yeah. then this man walks into my life and I was like, holy crap, that's what, that's what this can be like. This is yeah. going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it was great until he got sick. And so you have a son together too, right? We do. Yeah. We were married for eight years because we really, we were so committed to our profession. So then I got pregnant out of nowhere. I mean, We weren't planning on it, but you know, really God knows, he knows what yeah. he's doing, right? Because- in the midst of the greatest challenge and the hardest time of my life, our lives, we had this kid who brought us such joy. Yeah. It was amazing. These are the times that if you ever doubt, you go, wait a minute, no, mm-hmm. because you've been so supportive through this hardest time of your life. Yeah. So Chip had non hodgkins lymphoma and um, battled with that for about 10 months, mm. and it just... It just never was easy for him. It just was too far gone. And Schaefer maybe, was a baby at that time? He was. He was 14 months old when Chip died.
0: Oh, my so God. So Chip
1: got to see him be a year old and got to see him walk and mm. all those great things and uh, was just the greatest gift ever.
0: Yeah. So when he died, what was your support like? Because you had a baby and...
1: Right. So Chip and I were teachers. And so I didn't go back to work. Chip was going to support us and I was going to be a stay-at-home mom, but it was like, yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I really want that too, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I found a job as an educational consultant. This job saved us because yeah. Chip was dying And somebody had to make money. And I got this job in the hardest time of my life. So I was able to support us and chip past and it was the most devastating thing in my life. Yeah, ever. Did you
0: when he was dying, did the both of you, were you holding out to that hope and kind of fighting for it till the end? Or did you have a moment of like, okay,
1: this is the end, we need to have the important conversations? You know, we never did when he was conscious. No, no. Mm. Chip was a diehard. I bring out. He used to say, "Bring out the army, bring out the navy." Mm. You bring out everything you got to keep me alive because mm. he wanted to live. Yeah. So you never really had the conversation about no, no love again never. or what to do or any of that. No. The only thing that I remember him telling me was like, "I will never leave you. I was. I will always be with you and Schaefer. No. Mm. Oh. And that's. It's it. Yeah. So
0: for me going through this in this age of social media, I have a wealth of other young men and women to talk yeah. to every single day about right. this experience. And the first year I didn't really know this existed because I kind of shut out social media and I, I just couldn't look at people's happy lives. while well, I that waiting through that. But then once I have to back on, I was like, Oh man, I can, I found all these women through hashtags, you know, like young yeah. widow, things like that. I mean, they are a daily part of my life now. Yeah. So I'm just thinking about what a huge support and help that has been to me. Did you find
1: any of that? Cause no. how old
0: were you when this happened? I was
1: 35. Okay. And I'm 60 now. I'm going to be 61 on Sunday. Um, okay. And no, there was nothing, nothing like that. And so for me, I, I just turned it inward. I, I, you know, my parents, I loved them. They were fantastic providers but they weren't there for me during this time. They were, mm-hmm. but they weren't, you know what I'm saying? In a, in sure. a way that I needed it and yeah. they couldn't be because they just were grieving themselves. So they weren't yeah. a support system. My in-laws, Chip's parents are, were phenomenal people, but they were dealing with their own grief and I didn't want to burden them with that. Yeah. So I just, I wrote a lot and, and I mm-hmm. know you write a lot mm-hmm. and I, I wrote a lot. I think that was my way to, get it out because I wasn't in therapy. I tried therapy Mm -hmm. uh, after when it first happened. So for me, okay, this will make perfect sense to you. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, what are those steps? Give me Mm -hmm. those steps and Mm -hmm. I'll get through them. I'm going to go through my steps. (laughs) And I thought that's how it was, uh, was a process that I just, you know, went through the steps and yeah. And I, yeah, you don't go through the steps. There's no steps. There's no, yeah. cause I was really just like, okay, I need to fix this. I don't feel mm-hmm. happy. Let's problem solve. Let's get this done. Yeah. And I, you just, you can't deal with grief like that. It's just yeah. not the way it goes. I didn't connect to a therapist until probably my third year okay. of dealing with chips being gone. And it, she profoundly changed my life. Mm. Yeah. I went to her two times a week for a long time. (laughs) What was the biggest thing you got out of that experience? She helped me realize that I did everything I could to keep him alive. Yeah. Yeah. Were you carrying a lot of guilt? I didn't think I was, but I guess Mm -hmm. I was.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So how long was it before you even contemplated
1: someone new in your life? Oh, you know what? I wanted to put the pieces of my life back together so quickly. Mm. I felt like somebody took my life and, and imagine a big mirror mm-hmm. and they, and, my, and this big mirror, just somebody just went and went and yeah. just smashed it. And mm-hmm. so that's your life. Yep. And I felt like I was just like on my hands and knees trying to put that mirror back together and mm. the way it was, but I quickly learned that, that you can't ever put that mirror, that life that you had back together. Yeah. And so I just wanted to fix it. I wanted to be with somebody immediately. It was like, I'm I'm available, but mm-hmm. I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah. I was, but I wasn't. Yeah. I was always open to meeting people. I just was so not ready. Not yeah. ready. Not ready at all. And I did date. I dated um, shortly after Chip died. I had a, this really nice guy. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. And I loved spending time with him until he wanted to like, kiss me. I'm like, oh, God, do you want to oh. kiss me? I don't <laughs> even want to kiss you. I, but this is fun hanging out. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And then I went out with this other guy and he told me something that was really interesting to me. We were at dinner and he's like, you have really sad eyes. Oh, I have never been told. He didn't told know. Him. He did. He oh. did, but I've never been told, I was just like sad eyes. Yeah, I've like, never, no. I've been told <laughs> I have pretty eyes. I've, been to, I've never been told, I, I don't even know what that looks like. And we dated a couple times, but that was like, me. yeah. and then I had a really good friend, Chris. I knew him through my work, a young guy, younger than me. He's like nine years younger than me. And mm-hmm. he helped me through my job. Chris was really, oh my God, he was the most incredible man during mm-hmm. the hardest time of my life. Mm-hmm. And he just accepted me for wh- who I was, what I could give him. And he adored Schaefer, oh. adored him. And so he was really a good, really my person. He, he would often go, I wish I would have known Chip. I wish oh. I could have known him. He sounds like an incredible man. So we mm-hmm. had this real, a strong friendship and that really kind of carried through until he asked me to marry him, and I'm like, "What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait, so it was just a friendship? You were not romantically involved with well,
1: him? Well, we had like a one, like so. Okay, so I, we, yeah, we had like this okay, so night together. But you know, <laughs> I, I and I've listened to some of your other podcasts, so I was prepared for this question. Mm-hmm. And and really, my first time after Chip died, it was meaningless sex. It was great. Oh. Mm -hmm. meaningless sex it had no it was easy to do it just really was about feeling a person and their body yeah to have that connection with another person yeah and then the next morning I was just like oh that was fun yeah that that was was my exact experience (laughs) (laughs) I'm like that was great it meant nothing to me and that was okay that was really okay um And so we, Chris and I, so Chris and I developed this relationship over time and, and, and he asked me to marry him. And Wait, I, said, I think
0: everyone's going to want to yeah. know how long after Chip
1: died was this? <laughs> oh, this was probably four years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this was a good amount of time. Yeah. And I was dating other people. Why I was still friends with Chip or uh, Chris, uh, like Schaefer so much. They had such a great relationship. So he would yeah. often come over and babysit when I would go on a date. Oh my gosh. That's a good I friend. I know. I know. A good friend that turned into a, a very special man in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when he did ask me to marry him, it was just like, yeah, I don't know. So the thing about <laughs> this that makes this so incredibly wonderful, the story, is that I was so close with Chip's parents yeah that I, I asked them I'm like, Aww. what do you think about this they knew they knew Chris yeah and they were they were like you have our blessings Aww. they could see how much Chris loved me, how much he loved Schaefer and the man he was yeah and they were like, go for it both of them. Oh, so 100%. Sweet. My own family, my own parents, they were like, "No, I don't, I don't know about this." <laughs> so, were you just not in love with him? You know I wasn't. It was yeah. it was a great relationship, and I knew when I said I would marry him that I didn't we would never get married. I knew it.
0: Oh, so you told him yes? Yes.
1: Oh, <laughs> I, like a week later, I said, "Yeah, let's do it." And we were engaged for probably about 6 months. Okay. He was too young. He was nine months, nine years younger than me. I mean, it was just like, it became apparent what he needed. And I didn't need to be that person for him.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then you broke off the engagement. We did. And then there's more to this
1: story. (laughs) Well, I met my husband, Tom, when I was still engaged and actually with Chris. My sister got married in the British Virgin Islands and I was her maid of honor. So I had to go. And Chris, I was still engaged to him and he came with and we were three people on a 40 foot catamaran and tom was on the catamaran with chris and i and tom and i just immediately clicked it was just this fun energy we loved the same music we had the same interests he was adventurous i was too you know we just yeah. we had fun yeah. and i it was more of just like this guy's really cool yeah and I, that's how i saw it and by by the time we got back from the trip chris and i were kind of breaking up and Tom had reached out and we kind of just grew it from there. Yeah. That relationship. Yeah. Did Chris was... notice the spark between you and Tom? I think he did, but I don't think he wanted to see it. But and then maybe that's why he kind of started looking too, because he was kind of looking at other <laughs> women too. And I'm like, okay, okay. we're done. <laughs> yes. It's it's okay. You know, it kind of ran its course and it was a purposeful, wonderful, loving relationship that we have. And I will forever be grateful to Chris for what he gave to yeah. Schaefer and I, and his family, his family is hundred percent lovely. I'm still, we still talk. I'm still connected. Yeah. Yeah. Schaefer still connects with Chris. I, yeah. I don't as often, but yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. It is. Okay.
0: So you met Tom at the wedding and yeah. how did things progress with him?
1: So it was long distance and I'm mm-hmm. kind of a preparing for this podcast made me kind of reflect on the kind of person I am. And I, I never really dated a lot ever in my life. I wasn't, yeah. a, I didn't, I've kind of found my person and hooked my, my talons. Into him. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So I just kind of thought a lot about who I am um, and how that led me to a Tom and, and it's fast. I mean, I'm kind of a jumper. I'm kind of a like, mm-hmm. man, let's do it. Let's go. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in, you know? Yeah. That's just my personality. And so Tom and I had a brief long-distance relationship, and boom, next thing I knew it, we are engaged, and I'm moving up here with my six-year-old, soon-to-be seven-year-old boy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, How did Schaefer adjust to all of that? You know, Schaefer... The first three months of his life was incredibly hard, but after that, he just like dinged into this person that he needed to become to be be a member of this family (laughs) Mm
0: because he was
1: super easy, laid back, roll with the flow, understanding, empathetic, kind. So he adapted pretty well. It's interesting because... Whenever I doubt myself, whenever I get real super sad and in a dark place, like I miss Chip, and what would our life been? And what would that? What would Schaefer be? And I, yeah. I didn't do the right thing. I moved him up here, and now he's, you know, life's harder. And but he tells me, he goes, "Mom, the best thing you ever did for us was marrying Tom." Oh, yeah. Why do you think he feels that way? Because I think he sees now you know, his world in Texas, what, what that would be like versus his world up here. And he has access to so much up here versus if, you know, we lived in a rural town in Texas. Yeah. And I think he just, he appreciates what he has and he appreciates what the relationship he's grown to have with Tom. Yeah. And Tom adopted Schaefer at a late age. Oh, he did? He did. Oh, I love Um, him. we were always planning that Tom would adopt him, but Tom was given bad information from his divorce lawyer, and t- who said that if Tom adopted Schaefer, that they would take Chip's name off the birth certificate, oh. and at that time I was just like, "Oh no, no, yeah. oh, no, oh no," yeah. and I'm like, "No, we're not doing this." But then Tom had some estate planning done and got a name referral for an adoption lawyer, and she's like, "No, that's not true." So wow. she was like 19. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I love it. So yeah. it happened yeah. relatively recently. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So it's so funny that you see all these events in your life, you know, like the dominoes that just finally fall where your life's meant supposed to be or where you are building it to lay out as best as you can. When you look back at the years after
0: Chip died and kind of everything that happened, how do you feel like, hmm, what's the question? Are you happy with the decisions you made overall?
1: Yeah. Tom and I've talked about a lot about our relationship because we're, we're going to be married 20 years in oh, November. Congrats. And, you know, I think about a lot of you that are dealing with this, entering into relationships and possibility, you know, new loves, new marriages. Yeah. And you should. Yeah. For me, when I married Tom, my life moved on. My soul hadn't. Mm. And that's something that I didn't realize until my soul finally caught up with my life. Yeah, and I remember that. I remember oh. that when that happened. I Can remember. Can you say more about that? Yeah, what was that? I just remember going. I was driving to work, going, oh, I didn't hurt. It didn't feel so anxious. I didn't feel so sad. I felt like I felt like everything was in alignment finally. So I was married like probably five years before that happened. So you're going, you, your life moves on. You live, 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 you go through emotions, raise children, you marry, you do all the things you're supposed to do. But there's that component in your heart. Mine for me wasn't there yet. And when it finally got there, it was like, like I came home, Mm. I was settled Yeah. and and it was notable. And and I realized at that moment that, oh my God, this hadn't been there the whole time. You've been catching up.
0: Yeah. So were the first five
1: years of your marriage with Tom difficult? Very hard. Very hard and very good at the same time, because I kept comparing my marriage to Chip with my marriage to Tom. And what Tom and I have been reflecting on, and I have been reflecting on a lot, is that it's okay for your marriage to be completely different and it needs to be different and you need to allow it to be different. And it's going to be different because it's a different person. So don't force it. I, that was my standard. Like if my marriage can't be what it was with chip, it's not good. It's mm. a bad marriage, it's hard marriage, it's a this marriage. I put a yeah. value on that rather than letting that be what it was. It was just different. We were learning each other, we were growing, yeah. we blended two families mm. together. We were so oblivious to all these changes and I was putting a lot of pressure on myself for it to be perfect. And yeah. it, was, it was far from perfect. Yeah. I mean, no marriage is perfect. Yeah. Well, my first marriage pretty much was, mm. I ha- I have to be real here. He drove me crazy at times. No, no. no doubt. I mean, it was just like, he was a little crazy about stuff, but it was my first experience at true love. So it yeah. was like, I had this experience and then I had a typical, more typical experience. I feel like my marriage with Tom is great. It's good. It's solid. It's strong, but I feel like it's probably more what everybody else has. Yeah. I had to like, let go of my first marriage expectations on Mm -hmm. what my new relationship would be. And I didn't know that until just recently. I'm like, Tom, high five for you and I, (laughs) we didn't didn't give up on each other. And it wasn't easy because I was comparing it to something that I had with a person that's, was gone. Yeah. And so all of you don't do that. Yeah. Don't compare your relationships. It's new and different. It won't be like the first one. Yeah. That's a memory.
0: I feel like that's something I'm like constantly actively fighting against is the comparison. But you know there's this undercurrent that just is hard to avoid.
1: Oh I know.
0: I know. It's just how can you not it's like, you know how people always say, especially as a teacher, they're like, don't compare your children. It's like, well, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to do that, but of course I'm right, going to.
1: Right. <laughs> right. And you do until the time that you give it up. There'll be a time I just, I've given that up. I'm like, you know, I, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I've realized that what I have with Tom, we've worked through, we've worked yeah. hard for, and I yeah. need to honor that the same way I honored my marriage with Chip, the yeah. same way I need to respect it and love it and nurture it.
0: I love that. Yeah. It's also really just, it's so interesting for me to think back on my perception of your situation being a young, naive outsider. But I had this thing where like, when you would talk about Chip, I would feel bad for Tom. I would be like, that oh. poor guy, she's always talking about her dead husband. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And now I'm like, that's so ridiculous. But yeah. You know, it's like a lot of us are constantly talking about how grief illiterate the society is, and mm, people just mm-hmm. don't know what to do with mm-hmm. grief, really. And you know, there's so many people now who are putting amazing things out there into the world to help with that. I mean, I was certainly grief illiterate;
1: I just had no clue. You know, that's it. that's funny. Chip is with us all the time. So Chip was an Aggie, Texas A&M, mm, okay, and that is a big deal. And he was in the fish drill team. He was in the core. Well. Now, Schaefer's an Aggie, Tom's an Aggie. <laughs> and I'm like, how funny it is that my second husband loves AM as much as my first husband oh. did. Because, yeah, so sweet. you know, when our loved ones die, they don't just drop off right? and that we embody them. We carry their values and their interests forward with us and we are who we are because of them. Right. And so I've carried that forward.
0: Yeah. I mean, it speaks volumes that you and I only worked together for a few years and I knew his name right off the bat and it's obvious that you carry him with you. Yeah. So I have this other question sort of about like the longevity of grief because One thing I've been noticing is a lot of other young widows who are probably about the same amount out, same distance out from the death as I am, or maybe a Mm -hmm. year or two ahead, that everybody talks about how grief is a forever journey. And all of me believes that that's true. And also, none of us have lived forever. And not that you have lived forever, but you've lived much longer in this experience Mm -hmm. as we have. So can you just talk to us a little bit about Like, what does grief actually look like for you now? And how
1: has it changed over time? Grief was raw. Grief was so raw. And I used to feel like I could throw it up. Mm. Like I used to feel like it was right there and I could just throw up my grief. Mm. And it took me about really five years to not feel that harshness. Mm -hmm. Um, At 26 years out... I still remember his birthday. I remember our anniversary. I remember his death, which is November eighteenth. Mm-hmm. I still cry. Oh, uh, but it's not like it was. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't go away. It doesn't. It just doesn't. I wish it did, but you know what? I think, gosh, I'm so glad it doesn't because that's the power of love. Yeah, and. I want to love and I choose love. And so I risk the loss every time you choose to love. Yeah. And because I loved him so dearly, I mean, he's just always there, but it is different. I have to tell you, it's different. I don't cling on to him so fiercely. Mm-hmm. I had a therapist say, I feel like you're clinging onto the side of a pool and you won't let go to swim. Mm-hmm. And she was exactly right. Do you feel like the reason you were doing that
0: was because you felt like if you let go, you were letting go of him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a hard thing. Yeah, and that wasn't really that long ago. That if I let go of that edge and just fully be in the pool with Mm -hmm. my life right now, yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And and it was hard, you know, three years ago when I was going through that therapist with it, working with that therapist. But I feel like I've let go. I've let go. I haven't drowned. I still have Chip with me in my heart, in my soul, in our lives. But it's not like I'm clinging to him to hold on to this person that I need. Yeah. Yeah. You know, God, it's taken me 26 years to do that. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a slow person. (laughs) I don't know. You told us
0: you were a leaper.
1: I'm a leaper, but I guess I have a hard time accepting the truth of Mm. my life. Even though the, you know it's been that way for so long, but it's just like no, I want it different. I'm not. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm going to work, 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 work. And now I'm just like let go. Yeah, your life is what you have, and your life is really great. Yeah. So I often tell myself to zoom out, look high. Yeah. Don't get caught in
0: your head. In the letting go, do you feel like there was a loss of chip at all?
1: Not now. I don't. Yeah. Now Good. I feel like I've let go of that ledge. I st- he's still firmly with me. Yes, yeah. he will always be. Yeah, and so I don't feel like I've let go. Letting go means losing him. I've lost yeah. him a long time ago, but now I can let. Go, I can still hold his love and his memory, and and be fully a part of this life that I have now. Yeah. Hopefully all of your listeners and you won't take, it won't take you 26 years to get there, but you know what? It's just, I guess it's just a process, right? Yeah. I mean, with this.
0: I'm listening to you saying that. And I feel like, Oh, I feel like I'm sort of experiencing that now. And So, of course, that makes me wonder, like, oh, I wonder if there's layers to this. And, like, 20 years from now, I'm going to be like, no, I thought I was, but I wasn't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do think there are a lot of layers to grief. You know, there's those steps that you can take, but then there's layers, you know, levels within each step that you process through. And it's
0: hard. So I do have another question, more about Tom. So I'm noticing for me that, like, the closer I get to my boyfriend and the more that I see that he is like my next great love, the more I feel, I don't know what the right word is exactly, but maybe tentative to be as vocal about my husband or, you know, I feel like I don't want him to think that our whole relationship is going to be shrouded in this like widowhood in this grief.
1: Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
0: Um, So I'm wondering like, how was it for Tom
1: to be with you as a widow and you know I I often think that he was amazing. I think I've had two amazing men in my life, Chris mm-hmm. and Tom that allow me to carry Chip and Tom or Chris and no, Tom. No, Chris and Tom oh. because okay. Chris and Tom have allowed me to carry Chip with me mm-hmm. and be a big influence in my life. I mean oh. I, I don't know. I I can't I can't sequester that part of my life. I can't, yeah. I talk about it. I tell people, yep, I'm a widow. I'm, yeah, I'm and, I, I am too. you know, and I just can't keep that. And, and so I think any, any man that was going to be with me is going to hear about this person. Yeah, is going to know this person and is going to yeah. understand the part he played in my life during the, that time of my life and yeah. that it was significant. And he's, I meant thankfully, Chris and Tom honored that. I yeah. Mean, they were never jealous. I mean, I think I, I think if the the roles were switched, I would have been like so like, okay, I'm tired of hearing about your dead <laughs> wife. <laughs> and no one, they, neither one of them. I meant yeah, they have been yeah. so wonderful about this. And so for me, I never worried about bringing Chip with me. I never thought yeah. about it. It's just like he's coming. He's yeah.
0: Yeah, I have this tendency to like underestimate the capabilities of my boyfriend. Like I, I, I think it's like a a protective thing where I'm like, if I downplay his, his wonderfulness, then he won't disappoint (laughs) me, you know, and I won't get hurt. Um, Like he has shown zero signs of tiring of hearing about my husband or, you know, I mean, he's, he's just like you're describing. I'm like, and I constantly talk about him
1: too, because all of my memories are include him basically you know the funny thing that tom said he goes chip was never a threat to me yeah so why wouldn't i accept him into uh, my life into into this relationship
0: yeah that's a beautiful thing yeah i just want to pause here for a minute because i think there's a question in here i think part of what i was trying to ask i didn't really convey properly And the way Susan answered this question, I completely agree with. My husband will always be a part of the conversation. He'll always be a part of our life. I will carry him with us forever, for my sake and the kids, and for my boyfriends, for him to fully know me and us. And also, like all things with grief, I think, this one feels so nuanced and it's a little tricky to explain, but I'm gonna try. I'm noticing a shift myself and in my mindset where I deeply love my husband and I always will and also I think in my own heart I'm feeling a little less longing for my old life which I have felt so desperately for so long and I think because I'm in love and I am loving the life that I'm building with this other man, it feels almost misplaced to have a deep longing for my life before because it then erases him and what we're building together. Obviously, the goal is a yes and. Yes, I'm in love and I'm building a new life and I'm going to carry my husband with me. I just notice even in my own personal posts on my own personal page, that I'm more careful about saying how much I miss my old life. And I do worry that the idea of missing my old life conveys a message to my boyfriend that I would still choose that over this. And there was a time that that was true and now it's in a more complex place because I don't have a choice and that's not a realistic thing to do is to compare them or to compare these two times in my life I don't know I'm sure this is a little confusing and those of you who are newer in your grief are probably if you're anything like I would have been probably pushing back against this idea like no anyway I felt like I wanted to clarify a little clear as mud (laughs) all right Back to the interview. Okay, Well, there's just this sort of overarching question of what advice do you have
1: for those of us who are going
0: through this? I
1: think what I would tell people like me and you, I definitely feel like it's a welcome to the club. Mm-hmm. I don't think that people, and I would tell people like this, don't have a high expectations for any of those people that have never dealt with this to help yeah. you because they might not. And don't hold it against them. And yeah. then really just, I and mean, then get up every day, put a foot in front of the other and move mm-hmm. yeah. because over time you will turn a corner and it won't be dark anymore. It'll be mm-hmm. dawn. C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Grief Observed. Have you read that? Oh yeah. Do you know? Yes, I read it. Okay. So raw. Uh... He talks about that. He talks about the moment you, turn the bend. Mm. And it happens that exactly what he said happens. And you'll go, Oh, okay. This is what life is for me now. Yeah. And you get to that corner. And so I think just keep moving, keep living life. I have to tell you having Schaefer um, was so, I'm going to talk about it again, just the gift of ultimate love from God that he Mm. was given to me. Because he brought me so much joy before Chip died and after, and he kept me moving. I yeah. don't know if I would have done as well without him. I think that all the time about my yeah. kids. Yeah, I don't think I would have done that well. I was so devastated. Yeah. So you just keep moving, you yeah. keep moving forward, that it lightens, it lifts it's never gone because love yeah. never goes. Love never, you know, we always have that love never dies. Well, yeah. why would we expect us to never feel sad? Yeah. And love is forever.
0: Do you feel like people, when
1: you met, when you met Tom, do you feel like people were happy for you? I do except for, I, yes, I do. I do. I except for my family that like literally rescued me after Chip died, the Spataro's. The uh, f- there was a family of six, four kids that just t- took Schaefer and literally she worked for Chip, so she knew Chip closely, mm-hmm. Linda, and um, she was not happy we were moving because she was like, "No, nah, you oh. can't move away," <laughs> but it, but only selfishly. But um, no, it's interesting how people are so kind when you're rebuilding your life. Mm. Yeah, um, I have and, found that too. Yeah they're kind and understanding and, and let you move forward. Yeah. I just keep coming up with more questions. I know we need need to
0: start wrapping it up, but there's like a lot of maybe perceived judgment from the world towards widows. And I wonder if you thought about that when you were going through this, you know, in those early years, did you feel a sense of judgment from everyone else? And then do you think that is just
1: perceived on our end? Or do you think it's real? No, you know what? I didn't. Oh, you didn't. I didn't feel like people judged me because I was a widow. Maybe because I was too deep in my own head and dealing with my own grief that for me to perceive that, I I didn't notice that. I got this incredible job like a month before Chip died at um, Region 13 in Austin. I was at the Educational Service Center and I worked with the most amazing people that it just allowed me to be and grieve and supported me and helped me grow too. Not just wallow in my sadness, but helped me yeah. grow in my profession. So, no, if anything, I had people that were rooting for me. I felt like yeah. everybody was rooting for me. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I've been so many times we're so worried about people's judgment. And I'm like, I wonder how much of that is just perceived, you know? Probably is because I can't believe anybody wouldn't want somebody that's gone through a horrible experience to come out of it the other side and to grow and to flourish. Yeah. However that ha- it takes place. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. You want that. Yeah, I know. I mean,
0: I know that there are people who deal with challenging people in their lives, especially in-laws. It seems like
1: sometimes the in-laws can be so hard. Well, you know, that's where I was completely blessed because yeah. my, sadly, my father-in-law died like a two years after Chip did. Oh,
0: that's and just what she, happened to me too. Oh, yeah. yeah my,
1: it was a year and a half, almost to the day. It's just like, God. And so Mary, my mother, Chip's mom, she was my very best friend. Mm. Oh my God. I loved her. Like, yeah. And she passed away in January. So oh. every day I miss her every day. I just no. like, ah, oh. my dad died in November and I miss him too. But Mary was my, like my person. Yeah, <laughs> We have this special love. Here's the coolest thing is that Tom has been so welcomed into the Hugivek family. Mm. by Mary, by Chip's sister, Holly. Tom and I went and stayed at Holly's house with her her husband. I'm oh, like, I love it. This is so, I'm kind of like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you know what? It didn't matter. And that's what love is. I mean, that's, that, that's the essence of the true power of love. These families just begin to melt and blend. Yeah. You yeah. know, it doesn't happen overnight.
0: That's good to hear. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think there's a lot of anxiety about that too. How is this going to work? And isn't it going to be yeah.
1: weird? And it is. It's hard. Yeah. It's weird. It's awful. It's crazy. It's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> um, It's all of it, but just stay with it. Stay with yeah. it. Work That's it out. That's really good. Okay. So you
0: said you've listened to the podcast. So, you know, we do these quick questions at the end. Um, Some of them don't apply. Like, did you do online dating?
1: (laughs) I wish I would have, you know, I think if I had (laughs) social media back in the day, it could have been a big game changer for me. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure you're (laughs) a commodity. (laughs) So
0: after Chip died, did you see yourself getting married again? I did. You knew?
1: I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think you would have any more kids? I didn't think I would because I was too old. I was past 35. (laughs) Which isn't officially too old. but correct. And when I married Tom, I was 42, but that was out of the question. I didn't even think about it.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Were you still living in the same house you lived in with Chip when you met Tom? No. Chip and I bought a little starter home together and parents moved into the same town briefly as we were and when they moved I bought their house and we oh, moved okay. after Chip died I bought their house I I needed yeah I needed to get out
0: Interesting yeah I know some some people feel like they need to get out some people feel like they can't leave <laughs> I got
1: rid of Chip's clothes quite quickly I cleaned out a lot mm-hmm. of it it was just kind of like I needed to just Do you regret any
0: of that? Any of the stuff that you purged of his? His golf clubs. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Why?
1: (laughs) I don't know. It's stupid. I I gave him to an, a person that I know that chip would have been happy that he had him because I'm sure he could have used him back then. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I was like, I shouldn't have given him those golf clubs away. It's not like I'm not a golfer. I why like, why do I care? I don't know, but that's the thing that kind of sticks in my mind. It's funny. Oh, so interesting. Okay. I still have a box of stuff. Yeah. I have a few things. It's funny because your children remember your husband yeah web. shaper yeah. has no memory no memory yeah. of chip so he has no absolutely no connection
0: mm. and so i'll
1: go hey shaper do you want this he'll go i don't know that person mom mm. i'm like do you want to know him? And he really doesn't have curiosity i guess maybe i've talked yeah. about him so much he doesn't have to yeah. wonder much i don't know it's, yeah that's a very interesting thing for me yeah, that's fascinating. Because I was just wondering if, like, Schaefer wants to wear any of his clothes, or I saved some sports sport coats, and he he has worn some of Chip's sports coats, but um, okay, but there's really no emotional attachment, not at okay. all. which I, I kind of find perplexing, but more on that to come. Yeah, is he in therapy? <laughs> no, has he has he ever done it? No. Okay, let's talk about.
0: What was your widow's fire like? Do you know the term? No, I don't. It just basically means <laughs> like a very strong desire to be
1: touched or oh, intimacy. Yeah. So Chip and I had Schaefer. And then, and, and during that time, we didn't have a lot of sex when I was pregnant. Sure. And then we rolled into him getting sick. And so then we didn't have a lot of sex when he was sick. And then so it was a long time. So for me, that's why I was like, I loved that first time I had sex because I just wanted it. A a notable moment that I remember was when I was at work and I was walking up the stairs and somebody just grabbed me like by the shoulder and just kind of like, Hey, Susan, I was like, somebody just touched me. Yeah. Because yeah. I was so, it was the first yes. moment I realized I haven't had a lot of physical contact. Yeah, You know, we're sexual people. Yeah. We just are. After Chip died, you know, and, and Christmas was my first person that I really ventured out on that. And mm-hmm. and it was pretty crazy. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And you know, it was funny because it never yeah. bothered me that I could have fun having sex with another person.
0: Yeah. That that's how me. I've been too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's kind yeah, of we're... a nice freedom, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that actually is a good thing because, God, we don't need another thing to feel bad about, right?
0: Seriously, that's for real. <laughs>
1: All
0: right, let's talk about your song recommendation, which was Harvest Moon by Neil Young.
1: I chose that because it talks about I uh, when I get to dance with you again under the harvest moon. Mm-hmm. And I just always thought about dancing with chip under that harvest moon. Mm. Have you heard that? Have you? Do you know it?
0: I mean, maybe when I
1: listen to it, I'll I'll
0: recognize it. You but... will know it.
1: It's just an, okay. it's just a lovely tune. It was funny because it's always been my song that I thought about Chip too, and, yeah. Tom, and Tom goes, "I think this needs to be our song," and I'm like, "Oh, oh. oh no!" <laughs> I'm like no so, no can't it can't be ours it's already mine and, and I yeah. told him I'm like I, no I I said this is always the, the song I think of I think of Chip when I hear it and he's like oh so, but he, well, he probably it. thinks of
0: you because you play it a lot right yeah
1: <laughs> yeah okay so last two questions
0: one is how do you think you changed the most as a woman from before Chip's death to after
1: oh my god I was I was a dutiful housewife, a wife, not mm-hmm. housewife because I worked. Uh, but I was a dutiful wife, and I really looked to, to chip to lay the direction, the path, our journey. Though we were co- very collaborative.
0: Mm-hmm. That's surprising about you. Uh,
1: yeah, I know. And I think what I've learned um, since he's died is that you step up to the plate, <laughs> and you can do, and you do the hard work, and mm-hmm. you find your voice, and you move forward. And you find yourself doing things you never thought you would do.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I my job at Region 13. And I had it a month, and he died. And that job was transformative for me. I found my voice, my stride. I learned an amazing amount. I had a fantastic mentor who believed in me during mm. the hardest time of my life. Mm. She took me in. She gave me legs. And I learned to walk as an educator again under her leadership, yeah. which is phenomenal, right? Yeah, yeah, and especially literally- in the midst of really deep grief. That's yes. impressive. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then the final question is: What's one thing you're looking forward to?
1: Oh, okay. So I started a sewing class. Oh. <laughs> and I. Yeah. So I'm, it's fun. I'm looking forward to developing um, my creativity through sewing and yeah. I'm just looking forward. Yeah. I'm looking forward to my sewing class and where's where's that going to take me? I've been so much enjoyed reading for pleasure. I've always yeah. read for growing in my occupation and now I read for enjoyment. I love it. So much fun. So yeah. Yeah, simple things. Thank you so much for doing this, Susan yeah you have a
0: lot of wisdom in the space so it's really nice to hear from you and your perspective well i hope i can be of help that's what life's all about so you know i feel like most of my listeners are on social media especially instagram if people wanted to reach out to you is that something they could do absolutely i'll link your handle below in case anyone wants to to message
1: you. yeah that'd be cool
0: all right thank you susan all right we'll keep doing well There were so many great moments in this interview. I'm really thankful to Susan for going deep and digging in and having conversations with her current husband about what those years were like to be ready for the podcast. Of course, Susan talked about being in therapy as does everybody. And as you know, the show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So I just wanna give you a reminder that BetterHelp is offering a discount code 10% off for the first month of membership. They're on a sliding scale they're fully online therapy that you can do from the comfort of your home if you'd like that discount you will go to com slash dating after death if you're getting out there and you're dating have some fun that's the point right all right talk to you all soon